Welcome to the Reckoning Podcast, where we stoke a campfire, gather around, and have real-life conversations with old friends, new friends, professionals, and just shoot the shit. Reckoning all things from hunting, outdoors, beauty, entrepreneurship, relationships, life, and more. It's all just a reckoning. On this episode, I am joined by Ryan Law. Who is Ryan? He is a full-time firefighter and lives in Utah. He has three wonderful kids and two awesome bonus kids. He's engaged to the love of his life, Stephanie. During his divorce, he found himself drinking heavily, isolating himself, and was lacking ambition, drive, and had hit an all-time high in weight at 240 pounds. After an alcohol incident that affected his hunting trip and having to leave work early because he was shaking, he decided to quit cold turkey and set some goals. He was so determined to not feel like he did anymore. He began using Mountain Ops ammo to replace a mill and kept the rest clean. He also used Mountain Ops Ignite to keep energy levels up. He found some motivational people in Eric Chesser and Weston MacArthur from Rise and Shed, who's been on the podcast, that were doing what he had always dreamed of doing. In three months, he had lost 70 pounds, was sober, and finally spent the time in the mountains like he had always wanted to. He became obsessed, you could say, with shed hunting and began finding sheds he had always dreamed of. He somehow, in his journey, became a content creator, posting videos he hopes to either make people laugh, be inspired to make changes, and sometimes cry. Because... It's okay to not be okay. His true passion still lies in building his business, Public Mountain, and hopefully one day can pursue that full time. I'm so honored that Ryan came on to share this story and we go a lot more in depth about all of this and that he was willing to open up and kind of walk us through the steps and his mindset in each part of his story and then also some tips and tricks along the way, things that he's found about being a content creator, his health and fitness, being in relationships, being a dad. And like he said, we talk about it's okay to not be okay and what that looks like. And then also building out his business, Public Mountain. It is my pleasure to welcome Ryan on to the podcast. I was introduced to you. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true. I think just through social media in general is kind of how I came across you and your account. And then you are friends with Wes from Rise and Shed, who's been on the podcast. So I don't know if that's how we like the algorithm worked and started following each other because of hunting and everything like that. Um, But then I also saw that you have quite the TikTok, too. (laughs) This was before I was on TikTok that I saw you had a TikTok and I was like, that's cool. (laughs) Because TikTok is a whole other beast for me. But I would love to hear, prior to all that, how were you introduced to the outdoors? Probably my dad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he always hunted, you know, ever since I was born. Um, I, I've seen pictures of me, you know, as a baby sitting on his deer or antelope or whatever it might be. And um, it's kind of weird. I don't really have a ton of memory up until the time I hunted myself. Um, yeah, we were always, we'd spend summers camping and going different places and um, obviously hunting and yeah. Do you remember like your first vivid memory outdoors? One of mine is doing the archery hunt with my dad and I had to just be just tiny because I remember him putting me on his shoulders to go across the river. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything that just really sticks out to you? Yeah, it was, like I said, my first hunt was really like 
my first memory and it, I can still like see it vividly to this day, but um, we've been out all weekend. We were kind of like weekend warriors. My dad worked all week. So to get like a couple of days to go hunting was a big deal. But um, we've been out hunting all weekend. It was like Sunday midday and we were gonna have to leave. And, and my dad saw like a little two point down, kind of down his draw. And, um, Normally he wouldn't shoot anything that small, but he's like, Hey, let's go down there. He wanted me to shoot. It was my first hunt. So he's like, you come down this hill and then I'm going to drive down. It was a pretty long line to drive to get down and he was going to get down there so he could watch it go down. So I go cruising down this hill and all of a sudden I hear, I got to where I could see the deer and I had it in my scope and I hear, boom, the deer falls down and then stands back up. Well, my dad had shot the deer. He just got too excited. <laughs> they wanted to get away, so. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. But uh, anyway, he, he shoots the deer. It goes down. It stands up. And I'll never forget. It had a hole. I don't know if we're being too graphic, but. No. It had a hole that big. You could see all the way through this deer. And he's like, finish it off. And so I, I shoot. And the deer falls down. So. We walk up and he's high-fiving me saying, hey, good job on your first deer. And I'm like, I don't think I hit it, Dad. There's only one hole here. He's like, no, I saw it. You shot right through the same hole. And for years, I believed that I shot this deer through the same hole. And that was my first deer, which really was not my first deer. <laughs> Did this come up later as you got older, like talking about this hunt again where your dad, like it kind of came out or did you just put it all together? Uh, just after telling the story, like so many times, I think I just slowly realized that I didn't shoot this deer and we, we really haven't talked about it with me and him. So I just <laughs> tell the story because it's funny. That is a good story. Your very first deer. <laughs> I always love that when dad like steps up. I remember my first deer was in Montana and I had shot it. And this was one of those that like, it honestly wasn't the best shot placement and so the deer we tracked this deer forever and it finally bedded down and when we got to it it stood back up and my dad was like you got to put another shot in it and I just remember it like after the fact being like that was that was a lot like yeah. the deer looked at me and it was he was a mess and um yeah my dad was like you shoot it or I have to because someone's got to kill this deer it needs to go but yeah so I I feel you on the deer situation, the first deer. <laughs> I One of the things that I really kind of piqued my interest with you is obviously the outdoors and your dad and you go outdoors. But I also saw something that you share that I think is super vulnerable and great to be sharing on social media is you share your journey with sobriety. Can you kind of walk us through, I mean, how, how that all took place and your journey? Yeah, so... I, I was never, um, like, I would never consider myself an alcoholic until, like, the last, I would say, year. But you know, I was always a social drinker, go out, have fun. But when I, when I drank, I, I drank. Like, I'd be the guy that passed out first and, and all that stuff, um, which I could see wasn't healthy. Um, was it like I, you had a drink of choice that you just would go hard on for just anything? Um, in the end, uh, when I when I would consider myself an alcoholic, but socially drinking, I would just 
every anything that was available i would you know at a party or something and, and i don't i don't know why i was like that i can never really do anything in moderation so um but when i started going through my divorce um i kind of turned to that to be like how i was going to get rid of all these feelings i was having mm, and, like a numbing agent yeah and you know i was secretly for the most part um my my ex wasn't really like in the house much but um i was doing a 30 pack of cooler's light a day or else i was doing a bottle of Jaeger a day so um anyway i kind of went through that cycle and i i only realized that like it made the feelings and emotions and everything i was going through worse when i would get drunk but um it wasn't until it ruined the hunt for me. It, it's never been a problem when I went hunting. I there's no drinking because I'm taking it too serious. Um, but it was it was this was the first time that I drank all night the night before opening morning and slept through it because I was hungover and drunk. Um, and was this on like a deer hunt? This was on the uh, 2019 just archery over the counter elk. I was only there for a weekend and then came home and I was so disappointed in myself for that. And that, that's kind of what sparked me wanting to quit. Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of made a decision after that hunt that I was going to go cold turkey and it wasn't easy. Yeah. Wasn't and that's that. what you did. Yeah. Wow. I love being able to share the real conversations with that, especially because like, as you know, when you get out camping and hunting, there's always, I always ask everybody like, what are you sipping on around the campfire? What are you eating? And it can, it can turn into kind of like a party good time. Um, but obviously if it's something that you struggle with and you miss out on why you're there, that would definitely be devastating. Self-inflicted too. And I never, I never intended to quit quit like forever. I just mm. I knew what I was doing right now was unhealthy. Drinking myself till I pass out every single night. Driving driving places like stuff I shouldn't be doing. And uh, but yeah, I just it just turned into something that like I was proud of and then I saw that that like motivated and inspired other people. And right there, I knew I would never drink again. When you decided to go cold turkey, were there things that you did in place of it or something that you did to, like, help with that craving or that need to know? Um, yeah, I turned it right to hunting. Um, like, I always have to have something, and that's kind of where I found out I'm an addict, is I have to have something to think about all the time. And so... I kind of just turned to hunting as something that I wanted to do, but be, be really good at, be great at. I'd always been mediocre. I always hadn't, didn't have the time to go out or I didn't make it a priority. I mean, I always, when I was there, was really into it, but um, that was kind of like my why at first. I found like, I used to really love like, a glass of wine like almost every night if not two and I would find too that like one nobody likes 
to wake up feeling groggy. Like I wouldn't drink to where I was passing out or anything. But with wine, too, you wake up, you get the like three o'clock in the morning wake ups. So I would go to bed calm and peaceful and then wake up at like three o'clock to four and not be getting actually good rest for my body. (laughs) And then I would find, too, that like once I would pour a glass of wine, my motivation would go down. So in the evenings, like I would complain about not having enough time to do stuff, grow my business, do this. But it's like as soon as we'd pour a glass of wine and I would chill out, which is fine. But like not every night when you're trying to do stuff like my motivation and what I would get done drastically would go down. I don't know if you found that too. Like you have more energy oh, yeah. oh. and time to do stuff. Yeah. What, what I'm doing now, I could have never done when I was drunk. Yeah. Like no way. Like, I basically would start drinking. I'd be maybe, maybe effective till about four or five. And then after that, I'm just a slug. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get distracted. Yeah. For me, that's, I've definitely, like, I've cut back a lot, like, and now it's like a glass or two here on the weekend kind of a thing. And I've found, for me, too, wine was something where I just run, like, really anxious and with, like, a lot of energy all the time. So that was a way for me to calm down. And I almost just needed, like, the essence and routine of sipping on something and telling my body, like, okay, now it's time to calm down. For me personally, I mean, obviously we have different stories, but I just have really liked being able to have like a glass of tea or, you know, doing like cherry juice, those kind of things are making everyone knows that I love like my slumber, my sleepy tea. And that gives me the same thing with actual rest and recovery. And yeah, it's kind of just powering through too, (laughs) because the first part of that decision is like hard. Yeah, my mountain ops is a big part of that too. I, I found a few things to replace kind of that full like fear feeling that mm. were like huge and maybe able to kind of change things around. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of finding something to replace the the motion even of just sipping on something goes a long ways. So when you're going through this change, is this when you start to get more active on social media and YouTube? So I had been, I think I've been sober for, I started in September. Um, and I think it was around February before I even had a social media at all. Like I'd, I'd had them before when I went through a divorce. I, they advised me to delete it for a while. And, then, and I really didn't post a whole lot. But in February, I decided, um, like I just, I just wanted to post the weight loss because when I started, I was 240 pounds, and at that point, I was now like 170, and I was proud of myself. So I just put a post up there that had like a comparison picture of the old me and the me now, and kind of told my story. You know what we love. We love supporting a company that not only has incredible products, but gives back. I'm talking about Mountain Ops. With you, you guys, the customer, they were just able to donate the five millionth mil. What? 
that was all done through Operation Conquer Hunger. If you are not familiar, when you place an order through mountainops.com, one meal is donated to a child in need. And I have to say, I've helped with the Operation Conquer Hunger events, and there is nothing like it. Not only do they do that, but they also donate to conservation and they're celebrating their ninth year in business. Right now, you can use my code BRITT, B-R-I-T-T, at mountainops.com to receive 30% off plus free shipping. You know we love their supplements. If you're new around here, my favorite is the Slumber. It's kind of like their sleepy time tea, if you will. I like the sleepy cider. Cody likes the salted caramel. You make a hot mug of water, blend that in. The flavors are delicious, and it has the perfect blend of magnesium, valerian root, and a little kiss of melatonin. It puts you into a deep, restful sleep for great for recovery. And also, my favorite part is you do not wake up groggy. You wake up feeling refreshed and ready for the day. So if you have an anxious mind like me, I highly suggest trying Slumber. We also love their protein bars. We love throwing those in our packs. And right now during summer, the new product Hydrate is insane. It helps keep you hydrated like the name says, and this is done with potassium. It doesn't have a whole bunch of sodium and sugars like the other brands, if you know what I'm saying. You know, we love their apparel and also their protein. If you want to check out mountainops.com for yourself, be sure to do that and use my code for 30% off plus free shipping. That's Brit, B-R-I-T-T. And if you're listening to this after the sale, don't worry. I can still hook you up with free shipping. If you want that, use my code BRITFREESHIP. That's Brit with two Ts. Go to mountainops.com. Use our codes to support the show and some amazing causes. Did the weight loss start after, like, you quit drinking, you said? Was that something else you started focusing on? Was more of, like, yourself and your health and fitness? I realized... At that point, I was already going through my divorce, right? I, I was already divorced, and we were trying to make things work again. And so I had moved back in and quickly realized they weren't going to work out. And that's kind of the same time the hunt thing happened, and I decided that I was going to fix me because I wasn't happy. So I, I really went like all aspects. I, I, don't, I don't know how I did that or how I got in that mindset, really. I tried to explain it several times, but... Yeah. It was just like this, something just went off. Something just clicked. I was tired of, like, kind of being the nice guy, the friendly guy that gets walked all over, and Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be the nice guy, but I'm going to be in charge from this point on. With your health and fitness, were you training a certain way, or did you, like, have a plan that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to follow? Uh, yeah, it was mostly just like hunting driven. I, you know, I've always followed like Cameron Haynes and Eric Chesser and, you know, focusing a lot on legs, um, but mostly cardio. And um, I didn't really hit the gym that much. Like I, I go to the gym two or three times a week, but mostly I was just hiking or putting weight on my back, um, doing a stair climber if I was in the gym. So I, I focus a lot on cardio. Um, but yeah, with, with putting my post up, that was just strictly just, I was proud and I, I wanted to show it off. And the reactions I got, the DMs I got of people wanting to how I did it, you know, kind of just looking for motivation. And I don't know 
I don't know if it was kind of the temperament I'd had before and now what I was kind of like changing my mindset about things like I, I liked it people say you're like looking for gratification I was definitely at that point like I liked people like telling me good job which you're not supposed to say but no validation's kind of nice though yeah and that's kind of what it started out as and um, I don't know how I got to where I'm at it's yeah it's weird <laughs> it's weird but every time I make a TikTok I'm like how did I get here but I don't know, so. it's interesting to hear the backstory and all that because like I said when I came across your TikTok like you're so funny and you're so willing to like you dance and you like I think you have like do you have like a flapper or something you pull out like you seem so yeah exactly you seem so confident in yourself and willing to just put it all out there and like, I don't give a shit, which people love. So to hear that there was a switch that was flipped not that long ago, it sounds like to get to that. 2020 and people always say how bad 2020 was. Well, 2020 was the best year of my life by far. And yeah, it's crazy. I, I was the most least confident person you've ever met in your life. And I'm still, I'm still quiet people. I think maybe some people see me on social media and they meet me. I think Wes was kind of like, you're not as funny and goofy as you're on TikTok. <laughs> he never said that, but I felt like that's kind of like his first impression. But uh, yeah, I just somehow got to this point where I really don't give a shit what anybody thinks of me. And if it makes somebody laugh, it makes your day better, and then I'll do it. Yeah. I hope people know I don't think I'm a good dancer. They're, they're <laughs> supposed to be funny, but. I get yeah. it. Like, you're in on the joke kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I am, yeah. I think I'm good with door frames, but that's about it. <laughs> the door frame drops. Yep. I know you have, you basically have, like, I don't know if you have teenage kids or kid. But are they on social media? Are they seeing dad do all this? Yeah, they're, so my oldest is 13, he'll be, or 14. He'll be 15 in a few months. Um, today's actually my youngest birthday. He's oh, happy he's birthday. nine. And then uh, my daughter is 12. Okay. Acts like she's 16, so. Mm. Um, <laughs> Fun. But yeah, they, they all, well, my two oldest have social media, uh, and sometimes I've, they never tell me they're embarrassed, but sometimes I get that that feeling. So that look. Yeah. <laughs> but we still got to be our own people, even though, you know what I mean. We have kids. It's important to and let your personality shine. To, to teach them as well. So, and they, mm -hmm. they both like making videos themselves. Um, at one point, my boy had. 20,000 followers. It was wow. Like 12 years old. I had no idea that he even had an account and he was making videos kind of like mine, like kind of like farming and outdoor hunting type stuff. And then all of a sudden he got banned. Uh, 
because he was not old. I think at 16 is the age you have to be. Oh. And, so and then he lost all that? Yeah. He just took, totally deleted it. So. Well, that would be frustrating, especially if it's something like you couldn't take over as a family. Right. right. And that's, I was furious when I found out he had that many followers. I don't, like, I don't want my kids in that position. You know, I, I don't say you can't watch TikTok or, you know, you're not going to do this, not going to do that, but I definitely monitor how much they're on there and mm-hmm. the stuff they're watching. So to have that, him have an open account like that and that many people, you know, and being able to criticize, that's what I worry about. Right. Right. Especially with something, was it on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Something like TikTok, it's amazing. And I am always at this crossroad with like, do I or do I not show my kids? Do like at what, where do I let them be incorporated with it? Especially somewhere like TikTok and hunting because I get so criticized myself. Like I don't need that on top of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I haven't really received a whole lot of like negative comments or anything like that in all of my social media and i don't know i kind of want some because i want to do like those like yeah the memes i would say it's interesting like with tiktok either my videos get blocked like they're against guidelines or i post some beauty stuff on there and that's like a whole other situation with criticism but with instagram i've definitely gotten more like comments in regards to hunting on instagram which i think maybe it's because my posts i can show more on instagram but yeah when you get them it's like all right right on what do you know i've I've had a few videos where and they're always the ones that go like super viral and you get a whole genre of people following like i had that walmart date night video and for some reason people could not let go that i drank diet mountain dew and like i got death threats wow over drinking diet mountain isn't it interesting but it is crazy and over diet mountain dew like what is it hurting them yeah it's poison it's not really diet it's actually making you gain weight i don't care it tastes good and it's got zero calories so so with you being sober and if we were to be at camp and we're all hanging around the campfire, would you be bringing your Diet Mountain Dew to the campfire? Is that what you're sipping on? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. what does it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sipping on something. So whether that's Diet Mountain Dew or anything other than alcohol, but yeah, I got to have something in my hand. Definitely around the campfire. Is it hard for you to go with other people that are drinking? Yeah, I I like I've been known to say it's not like I can handle it and all that stuff. I can handle it. I won't drink, and I'm pretty confident in that. But um, like the last few times we've gone out, me and my girlfriend, um, like she usually drinks. She drinks. Um, she hasn't drank for like a few months, but um, if we go out, she would drink and I would just get mad, <clears throat> like angry and mad and like treat everyone like crap. And the last place we went was a wedding and they had a, a DJ and a dance floor. Like 
it's my thing. I can get out there and, and dance away, especially if I was drinking, but instead I'm just mm -hmm. gonna sit here and pout and be mad. Um, and that's kind of what I've noticed. It's not hard to not drink, but it's hard to mm -hmm. have fun. Are you, I would imagine that's something that like you're trying to recognize before you go into a situation and like try and shift your mindset a little bit. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's, we haven't really had an opportunity where we, because she quit drinking like two or three months ago. So um, <clears throat> we haven't been going to those types of places, but it's definitely something that I recognize mm -hmm. and it's in my head for sure. And then I, you know, that, that made me realize when we, when I first recognized I was doing that, I'm like, well, this, I kind of felt like when I quit drinking, I, all my friends quit hanging out. Oh, interesting. Me. I quit getting invited to, you know, go out to the bars or my shift at work, you know, we do a lot of things together. And, um, I realized it was me, not mm -hmm. them, for the most part. I, I changed for sure, but I also am just boring and grumpy when I'm with them. Yeah. So. <laughs> Trying to work on the boring and grumpy, or are you content where you are? That's the thing too. Like, there's a season and a a season for certain friends and a lifestyle too, and sometimes we grow out of that. For sure. Yeah, you have to surround yourself with people that are gonna make mm -hmm. you succeed, and you help them succeed as well. So. But I still think just because you're going to drink at a bar doesn't mean you can't be in my crew. For sure. There's plenty of options out there too yeah. now. Just trying to find that, that happy medium where I can just be myself when I'm out. Do you ever go somewhere and order like a mocktail? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You don't know what a mocktail is? You're not going to go to Top Golf and be like, I'll take a mocktail? A mocktail is a mock cocktail. So a mocktail. Yeah. So you can make like mocktail margaritas which I'm going to have a recipe for soon. Yeah. But I know that I was, also can be like, I don't know. It's like a catch 22 if it's something with sobriety. Yeah. For sure. I, I think I can handle something like that. It's fine. But I don't know that I've even had a cocktail. Like uh, whenever I went to a bar, we ordered beer or shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband's more of a like beer and whiskey kind of a guy. So his his cocktail situation that wouldn't be what he would be like wanting a replacement for for sure yeah with your tiktok and your instagram taking off what is that kind of, what has that done for you over the last couple of years has it led some opportunities or maybe like some different ideas on business yeah definitely um like i said i started out just kind of being proud and then it slowly turned into like people are looking for motivation, I can give them something and maybe help them there. And then it, I've, I've always wanted to do something with honey. And so I kind of, you know, kind of started putting that kind of stuff in there. I, I quickly realized, like, like you said, if everything gets banned, if there's any sort of antlers or anything in there. So um, I kind of turned to what you will see me do, which is just kind of relationship hunting type stuff, which is something I'm definitely going through right now. Um, you know, learning each other and, and what's too much, what's, you know, am I being gone too much? Am I, you know, not giving you the attention that you need and stuff like that. Um, and obviously I have Public Mountain, um, which I started about two years ago. 
Uh, that's kind of my, that's my goal. That's what I want all this to kind of be is, is basically filming hunts on YouTube, filming shed hunts and hunts. And I don't care if I got, I, I don't want to get rich. I don't care about the money part. I'm getting towards the end of my career where I'm going to be retiring soon. And I think it would just be fun to go have, you know, follow my passion and my dream. And, Running out of time, you know, getting old. <laughs> You're not getting that old. How old are you? Uh, 42. <laughs> You're fine, Ryan, but I understand <laughs> that, like, needing to get something going and, and it's, there's a different kind of fire underneath you when it's something that you're very passionate about as well. And, um, yeah, it's all into like opportunities. Um, you know, my first expo that I worked, I worked in the rack addicts booth, um, as an ambassador and while I'm at the expo, I, I don't think anybody there knows me or anything, but to me, those like, I'm still fanboying everybody. Like, Oh my God, that was so and so walking by. That was so and so, and you know, I would go wait in the hush line for two hours if I had to to, to talk to him. But um, while I was helping set up for the expo, Eric came up to me. Eric Chester, who's my my idol, and he knew who I was and called me by name. And it was just I was just fanboying like crazy. Um, and that's where Wes kind of did the same thing. He's like, Hey, aren't you Ryan from TikTok? Yeah, and, and so that, you know, those were, that was a big deal to me. It made me feel kind of cool, and then that slid into, like, friendships and shed hunts and all that stuff. I was going to say, didn't you just get back from a shed hunt not that long ago with Wes from Rising yeah. Shed? Worst shed hunt trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find a two-point or something? I found nine two-points. Nine two-points. I mean, there's the nine in front of the two. One raghorn uh, elk, but. Damn it. Were you being a pout pout? I really was. <laughs> I really was. I think I posted that story on my Instagram of the picture of me in the backseat and they're all laughing and I'm just like Yeah. It cracked me up because I've I think everybody's been there and so Yeah. It you're the perfect yeah. meme. <laughs> every time I've gone with Wes, um, I just I I haven't done well with sheds anyway. It's always a blast. The success just hasn't been there yet for you. Yeah. You've got like a very large following on TikTok. Are you trying to drive that over to you, um, your YouTube? Because there's like um, this big cabacle. Like, do we think TikTok's gonna go away? Yeah. So I'm trying to. Oh, if you look at my accounts, and and that's a mistake I've made in social media. Like now that I'm looking at it in you know, the business side or the, you know, whatever, marketing a brand, um, I just was posting what I was feeling that day, pretty much. And so my TikTok was all over the place. My Instagram was all over the place. I had hunting, I had sobriety, I had weight loss, I had goofy, I had dancing, like whatever. I mean, I was everywhere. And so I'm kind of in the process now of niching down um, so my main TikTok account, Ryan C. Law, is going to be basically two or three things like sobriety, motivational, and then late night dancing. <laughs> but, 
And then I have my public mountain TikTok, which is growing pretty steadily right now. Awesome. And it will be just hunting and and stuff like that. And then you see the same with my, my Instagram, mm-hmm. just kind of keeping them separate. Because my, my TikTok following is 92% female, like ages 35 to 50 mm. or something, some, somewhere in that range. So um, they don't care about hunting. You know? So that's why I, I post about hunting and I maybe get 20 likes or 30 likes or 200 views. And yeah, it just doesn't. Because the way I built it up, it, it, it's no good for hunting. Yeah, the conversions there. That's smart. I was going to yeah. ask you if you had tips for anybody that was getting ready to start on social media or think about kind of niching down. And I think that's very smart to go in after you start posting a while and see, look at your analytics and see who your demographic is too. And like you said, if you need to split to a different account. Um, from my understanding, a lot of times that's super beneficial because you can kind of start that fresh there's always motorcycles that drive by during a podcast. Once you start fresh, I think it'll kind of favor that. Like if you're just yeah. posting hunting kind of a thing, from my understanding. Yeah. 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 Just start, if you're just starting out, it depends if you're, if you're trying to do something with it. And then I would niche down as soon as you can. And maybe right off the bat, if, you know, if you're a funny guy and you want to tell jokes and just focus on that. But, yeah, I think it's just, it's got to be real. It's fake when people see right through it. Post content. Content is probably the biggest thing. you got to be consistent and post two, three times a day. If you're, if you're doing TikTok at least three times a day, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram at least once a day, I think. I, I've had a hard time growing my Instagram, but I think it's because it's my account's all over the place. So I'll get like a thousand followers off of a video and then. I'll post a hunting video the next day and I'll, I'll get like two or three hundred unfollows. How interesting. So it's such a game. Are you finding it? Yeah. How are you doing with having two separate accounts? Because having two accounts is a, for me has kind of been a lot. Yeah, I've had, and, and I don't know why, Public Mountain is what I, you know, it's my goal. It's, it's where I'm trying to push everything, but. I forget about that TikTok account. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And it's because I, you know, taking a video or making a video is not just 15 seconds. You know, it takes, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll work on a video for two or three hours. And I just don't, I don't have the time to like keep throwing stuff into public mountain, but it's definitely something that I'm prioritizing as a blade. So, and I've noticed with it being just hunting driven, like, I get way more followers every video because people know right away, oh, I'm, I'm going to like that. It's funny. And they just hit the follow button. Yeah. Yeah, and it helps when you start getting, like, kind of a little bit of a catalog there so people can binge your stuff too or when they go to you, see what you are about and see that it is all hunting. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to do all the trends? Uh, I, not- I really try to not there's just like so many aspects to everything it's interesting so you've got your youtube channel and i was just watching it my sons recently have (laughs) they get all their tours done and especially after meeting wes at the expo and 
kind of hearing about him and everything, realizing that there was all these hunting videos to binge on YouTube. They're like, I got my tours done. Can we go watch hunting videos on YouTube? And they've come across yours and your son's shed hunting together, which watching that, I was like, that definitely makes me want to show more aspects of us as a family because that is really like the essence of reckoning is encouraging more families and women to get outdoors. Um, So watching your video with them definitely gave me like a little um, for that. And they just enjoyed it. Like, it's been fun to be able to see you bring him into it. And I know he also had, he got really lucky, really lucky and drew that $5 expo tag. (laughs) Is he ruined forever after that? Or do you think? Absolutely absolutely ruined. (laughs) Because he was only 12? Yeah, well, he it was his second year of hunting, okay. but he was still he was twelve when he when he drew it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't think it ruined him. But when it comes to elk, he's never going to shoot one smaller. Right, that's he's, what I. He's adamant. He's adamant about that. So yeah, in that aspect, yeah. Well, he got one and you guys definitely need to go and watch this video because I love that you, at the beginning of it too, you show him getting the phone call from you, I believe, letting him know that he had won the tag. Yeah. He drew it. Yeah. And I, I tried to make that video all about him. Like I didn't, I never posed with his elk or anything. I just wanted it to, you know, more, I make videos more for me than I do really anybody else. Like what what I want to remember it as and the parts I want to remember and like I just kind of made him I want to make him look like the man. Mm-hmm. You, know? and, you did a really good job on it. It's a really awesome video. Thank you. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. How old's your cooler? Or like, do you even have a cooler? <laughs> a good cooler, like a cool cooler. You know what I mean? I have tried all the coolers on the market we I think have one in every flavor if you will and there was one that stood out to me and I have to say I am glad I tried this one out because if you're like me I was sick of lugging one around one that wasn't holding ice and one that I had to dig to the bottom of the damn cooler to get what I was looking for like there's nothing worse than pulling out soggy something that did not need to be at the bottom of said cooler I found a cooler with organization and that is lightweight, so lightweight. In fact, this weekend I'm going to be throwing it into the lake with me so I can keep my seltzers nice and cold. The water's cold for the kids, snacks organized and float in the lake with me. Yep. It floats. Oh, and did you hear the part about the organization? Yes, it organizes. It has a divider. This is like right up your OCD alley, but also super practical. It has a divider so you can keep your drinks, your snacks divided, and you know exactly where everything is. And it has a snack rack. You know I'm here for a snack rack. That way, you know exactly where your yogurts, your string cheeses are, your cheese for your sandwiches, and the lid, it flips. So you can either have it to where it's the plain lid up front where it's got like the measuring stick, or flip it over, guess what? That boy boy has a little snack area where you can put like a charcuterie board if you wanted and four cup holders, which makes it super nice when you're flowing on the lake or just sitting at camp and you want somewhere to put your drink. If you want to check out this cooler that I'm talking about, it is Rugged Road Coolers. You can go to ruggedroadoutdoors.com forward slash long to check out all the different sizes 
of these rugged road coolers i have to say i was truly blown away by these they are in fact lightweight float they have floatability the lid flips easily and i'm obsessed with the carrying handles if you know you know it makes it so much easier to have either a big sturdy handle or a rope handle to carry with and like I said, that divider is a game changer, especially when it comes to camping or having it in the back of your vehicle when it comes time for reaching for snacks or drinks. You know where things are and you're not digging for it, getting something soggy and ruining the trip, if you will. Again, if you need to upgrade your cooler, go to ruggedroadoutdoors.com forward slash long, and this will get you 10% off your next amazing lightweight organized cooler again that's ruggedroadoutdoors.com forward slash l-o-n-g for 10 percent off your next cooler what other things do you have coming on your youtube channel that we can look for on there um we have still obviously in the middle little shed hunting so uh, i just barely yesterday was able to get up to Kind of where I cut my teeth with shed hunting, which is um, finding moose paddles. And yesterday was the first day I was even able to access and get up there. So um, looking forward to hopefully having a you know three or four videos of, of paddles over the next couple months, and then um, we'll just kind of go. I I usually post three three things, which is shed hunting, and then we go into like summer scouting. Um, for whatever hunts we have and then this year's looking a little bleak on tags for us have you um, got your results yet for utah um i haven't they're supposed to be coming out hard. like any time right yeah yeah i think i think it's may 31st or something okay because sometimes they hit your card early so we've been like refreshing yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and i don't think I'm, I'm not close on any points in Utah as far as the limited entry. So I'm just basically crossing my fingers for a general over-the-counter tag. Mm. But they also cut tags in my area because it's hit hardest mm -hmm. with the winter, winter kill and all that. So, Have you been out shed hunting in Utah yet? Yesterday was the first day I actually went out, like really shed hunting mm -hmm. in Utah. How did you do? You good? You did? Nice. Yeah, we found uh, we found three brown paddles. So cool. Very sweet. I have yeah. only been out for a split second. Honestly, it feels like because we've had obviously the closure, and then we've been going balls to the wall, getting ready for my bear hunt. We went out for about an hour hike, and I was like, I need to go farther. So this weekend this weekend but i kind of feel like i missed the mark because it's been three weeks in and everybody went hard as soon as it opened yeah i think that's something we haven't dealt with in a while like having to rush i mean usually i i think the majority of like really dedicated or like avid shed hunters they, they're out in the snow and most people aren't ready to go out yet yeah we're usually out way sooner than this so it's been an interesting year i'm definitely craving it as we've talked about you're a dad and you have your son that got his tag 
how did you go about introducing your kids to the outdoors or has it something that's always just kind of been naturally incorporated into your guys's life so kind of before like before i got divorced um, kids were kids were younger but they would always just stay home with mom and i did a lot of solo hunting by myself and you know every once in a while i'd have someone come out with me but um when i did get divorced my oldest wasn't he wasn't at the age where he could hunt yet but i was to a point where i had the kids all the time by myself and they had to go Mm -hmm. so we would we would just basically start out with summer scouting and i would just bring them with me and they would just tag along and he kind of just, he dug it right away. You know, he liked, he liked hiking in there far. And like the fact that he was putting up cameras to try to find a deer that we might shoot this year and elk we might shoot this year. And he was just all over it. And so he was very easy to get hooked in the outdoors. Um, but my other two still don't want anything to do with it. Just not their thing. I don't try to, I don't try to force that on them. Um, it's something that they gotta want to do they've been around it enough to know if it's something they want to do or not so i still think my youngest boy will eventually take a liking to it but um for now it's just just my oldest is really the only one that's interested in it we still go camping we still you know get our outdoor time and stuff but yeah i think that's good to not force it to like you've introduced them and they've had the opportunity and it might come back around because interests change and the more you go. Are there any tips you'd have for dads taking their kids out hunting or fishing that you've learned kind of along the way, especially sounds like a lot of it you've done by yourself because you haven't had their mom with. First and foremost, they've got to have fun. If they're not having fun, then they're not going to love you. Um, And I learned that the hard way. I think I'd, I get upset with things like hiking, you know, he steps on a branch and it's loud and you know, I turn around and give him a look or specifically his second year um, when he was on his deer hunt, he missed like nine times. Mm-hmm. And I got a little angry with him and that, that right there. And I, I remember thinking right when I said, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, We're out here to have fun. And you know, we need to be encouraging him, not not putting him down or, or yelling at him, making him feel like shit. And I think that's the, the, the most important thing is just you're just out there to have fun for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And too, I've I have had times where I've snipped at my kids or gotten upset with them over something, and then later on coming back and like apologizing and explaining. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes a long ways with kids too, like seeing that we make mistakes, we say things we shouldn't, we overreact, but we can come back and apologize also. On a daily basis. Yep. <laughs> Parenting, man. <laughs> yeah. Master manipulators. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any upcoming adventures that you're really excited about? You mentioned you're going to be going out on a couple more trips and then you're going to be glassing. Is there anything specific that you have coming up that you're really excited about? I'm, I'm like I said, excited. I'm finally able to get up to kind of what's on my spot. Um, it's the latest I've ever been up there. So 
like by far the latest I've ever been up there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, I just barely got these hats in. I was just gonna ask, yeah. I love it. So we're gonna we'll start pushing those a little bit. I mostly just want to do some giveaways and kind of get the hat out there so people can see it. Yeah, and that's your um, public mountain hat, right? Yep. Black, like um, flat brim for those that are listening. Oh yeah, it's a uh, what do they call the eight the eight panel? I think it's eight eight or seven panel. The flat brim, just black with a white logo, and just kind of a simple one. It's really the first kind of merch or hat that I've, that I've printed out. So, right on. Do you have a shop um, that we can link in the de- show notes or description? So we're working on that right now. Uh, just maybe in the next couple of weeks, um, but I'll post kind of like a like initial launch and, and have them on there. So I'm excited about that. And I've got, I've got three others that are kind of in the works. And then um, I'm going to have a booth in the expo in february which i'm excited about awesome congrats it's a big step because you went from working it as an ambassador to now having your own yeah yeah and you know there's always that fear of like people walking up like who are you they'll do that regardless yeah and i i've noticed in those things that it's there are people that go there to see certain people and then there's people that just pass by and think stuff looks cool and so they check it out so mm-hmm. kind of get both of those worlds there. yeah that's I think that's how that's how I was introduced to Wes was through my husband came across him on Instagram and then we were at the expo and he saw Wes had a booth and he was like oh hell yeah like let's go see his stuff in person so I mean it's all kind of just like that trickling effect for business too yeah, yeah. so I think and I really just I enjoy being there. Like that's one of my favorite places that I've ever been. Like or things that I've been a part of. Like it's just the atmosphere and and yeah, I love it. Yeah, getting to bullshit with everybody. You do, don't you? Do quite a few different like pop ups with rack addicts. I think mostly just um, so I get a box every month from them, and and I'll I'll post. You know, stuff just basically tagging them, you know, just the basic ambassador stuff. And then um, when I was working at Expo, we would just, I would just post something like, hey, first one to come, tell me you saw this, get the free hat. Nice. Just trying to get more people there. Very cool. Yeah, I was thinking you did like some fairs or something with them too for some reason. Yeah, all the Country Fan Fest, we did a lot of that. And that was fun. Was a, not necessarily just a hunting crowd, but to see people walk by and be like, oh, that looks cool. And, you know, they've never heard of it and come in and pick something up. That's smart. Very smart. Well, let everybody know where that they can find you, your YouTube, your TikTok, your Instagram. You are everywhere. Where can everyone enjoy your adventures and your hilarious good times, too? TikTok, it's Ryan underscore C underscore law. Um, or you can go to public underscore mountain MTN. Instagram, basically the same thing. You can put Ryan C. Lyon, or you can put, uh, I think my handle is lawdog3132, which I'm just afraid to change at this point. I'd like to just change it to Ryan C. Law, but 
um, it, it was my verification oh, check. Dang. And then Public underscore Mountain um, on Instagram also. And then my YouTube, you just type in Public Mountain. And um, we are also at www.publicmountain.com. Perfect. Thank you. Do you have any final tips for anybody that's just trying to get started in like their health and fitness journey? Uh, you got to have goals. Goals is like my number one thing that if I say you got to have anything, like you've got to have a goal and anything to look forward to, to strive for. And then I like to use affirmations a lot. Um, and I know none of that has to do with exercising or diet, but I think you got to have these things in place before you even start. Can you give us an example of like an affirmation? Now, I used to write them for myself, which would be like, you are enough, or um, you can just basically, you can do this, or I would just basically write even just my goal weight on, on like a mirror, or when I was first, when I first started with my sobriety and weight loss, I had them everywhere. I had like, I made stickers at my work and I had them like in my truck, I had them on the mirrors. Uh, anywhere I would be just to constantly remind me and then start start slow don't you don't have to go to the gym five days a week if you want to lose weight um, find something you enjoy that's outdoors if you enjoy the gym perfectly go to the gym if you just want to go for a walk outside like whatever you enjoy and diet is 90% of losing weight in my opinion I really appreciate you sharing your story so many like our community is pretty 50 50 when it comes to male and female but i think like mental health often is talked about a lot in like the female space but with males sometimes it feels a little more taboo so i appreciate you sharing like you know how you numbed with alcohol and sobriety and then also things like affirmations i've never had a male guest come on the episode and talk about something like writing things down because I'm big on journaling and like writing my gratitude and things like that. So I appreciate you opening up and sharing that because I do feel like it's very important, especially for, you know, the male audience to have those kind of tools in their toolbox, if you will. Yeah, it's never really been acceptable for, and in some parts it's not, but um, it's never been acceptable for a male to cry or like, like even tell them, hey, I'm being abused or anything like that. Like it's so taboo. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of with my social media is for whatever reason, I'm not afraid to show that stuff. So but I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I think that's important. I think definitely keep sharing it. And I would love to have you back to get even more in depth with all that stuff if it's something you wanted to do where we could maybe help break it down a little more. Anytime. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Please don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating interview. It seriously helps more than you know. If you took something away from this podcast or you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of you listening to it or a selfie and tag us on Instagram at The Reckoning Podcast or me at Brittany.Long. We're excited to chat with you next week.